1: A year before that, before me getting the award, um, Miller Kunis got the award and also Jennifer Lawrence. Can't believe it and I still can't believe it now. Like, my first feature film and the film hasn't even came out yet and I'm already <laughs> getting an award for it. Like, come on, what's up with that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bakerly Gannambar. Sound familiar? It should, but if it doesn't, Pretty soon, he's going to be a household name. For over six years, Bakerly has been travelling around the world with Jukimala, an Indigenous dance group who rose to fame in 2007 after a video of them performing to Zorba the Greek went viral. He's also one of the lead actors in the upcoming feature film, The Nightingale, written and directed by The Babadook's Jennifer Kent. I don't want to give too much away, but the movie hasn't even come out yet and he's already won a prestigious award at last year's Venice Film Festival. In this conversation, we speak about Bakerley's childhood, the importance of family, his love of performing and his passion for sharing his culture to the world. This guy is the epitome of a superstar and is an incredible role model. And I know I say this a lot, but if you're looking at being inspired today, this episode of Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon is not to be missed. Now, just to get things rolling, a little bit of housekeeping. First up, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. My name's Monica O'Hanlon, and you could say I'm a bit of a sticky beak. I just love hearing people's stories because it's true what they say. Everyone's got one. I work at GovefM in North East Arnhem Land in the NT. It's one of the most remote and unspoiled parts of Australia. If you're someone who isn't familiar with it, here's what you need to know. The Yungle people are the traditional owners of this region. Their vibrant culture dates back more than 40,000 years. The hub, where I live, is called Nullumboy a town created on the Gove Peninsula after the establishment of the Bauxite Mine. You're probably asking, what's the purpose of this podcast? I've met so many weird and wonderful people, whether they're from here or just passing through. I wanna know how their path led them to this tiny little dot on the map. And it would be my absolute pleasure to share it with you.
1: I was born in Alice Springs, pretty much when I was a kid, a little baby growing up and all the way to like about 10 or 11 and then got brought up at Galiwinku at Elko Island and that's where I grow my rest of my life and um, yeah, like being at Galiwinku and it's like being with family, friends, fishing, playing footy, like that's that's all my favourite activities to do when I'm back home but other than that like I'm happy to be around my especially my family because they are the ones who like was always there for me and supporting me through rough patches and um, now today here I am I've just been traveling around with Mala, doing all that like touring it's just been an amazing journey Mm -hmm. to see myself I'm a, a kid from a small community growing up and seeing different places
0: totally mm. were you would you describe your childhood as like traditional Yolngu kind of upbringing
1: yes yes definitely like growing growing up and i'm um, learning Yungo culture like was really important like it you had to learn when you were a kid like since you're a kid you still like you have to learn your culture your your songlines everything and and for me myself i kinda saw that and build through that and also watching hip hop break dance and all that different dances i kind of wanted to double it up um and yeah i just learned different dances just by watching when when i was in sydney i was there for 3 years like studying like boarding school yeah just went to dance karam car- classes and just wanted to learn such as Crump. Crump was my number one favorite dance. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just right now, we're with since I'm with Jokimala I've been with Yokimala for six years and a half now. Basically, our dance is like cultural and we kind of mix it up with a contemporary hip-hop break dance and a bit of old school, like back in the 90s, like um, Motown, New Jack Swing. Um, uh, Mucky Muck and the Funky Bunch and it's just everything and we kind of mix it up with singing singing in the rain with umbrellas and all that
0: <laughs> yeah, sick. so it's a yeah. bit of a fusion yes definitely yeah,
1: cool. and mainly it's about love and respect mm.
0: amazing and so was music and performing always part of ever since you were a child did you always love it?
1: yeah um, My fathers, all my fathers are singers like they, they're well respected in the community for the song lines, they, for their when they singing, but for myself I saw that and I was just like, nah, I wanna be something different, I wanna do something different and so dancing was there. And I kind of pushed myself with dancing because when I was a kid, like I had my mom supporting me, but I was in school at the same time at the age of 16. And then I kind of like went through rough, rough patch when I was 16. My mother passed away when I was, yeah, age of 16 to a breast cancer. And that kind of pushed me to be better within myself, not to be better than anyone, just be better in myself. And, um, I'm just so glad that, like, just recently came back from Canada, like, in Kingston, Oakville, Peterborough, and also Edinburgh and Scotland, and was there for a whole month for the Fringe Festival and it was so amazing to meet all these, like, it's almost up to, like, 3,000, 4,000 artists from around the world come together and show the world what what they love doing. And um, it was just amazing to meet all these amazing other artists, and yeah, even food. I love food, <laughs> 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 traveling and getting to eat different food. <laughs> yeah. <cool.
0: laughs> How was it? You just mentioned Fringe Festival in Edinburgh. I mean, a lot of artists and stuff they work their entire lives yes. to get a platform mm. there. What was it like performing there?
1: Wow! Well, it was the first. Uh, two, our first two weeks was pretty rough because um, no, no one knew who we were and what we did, what we bring to the table. So we had to work extra. Like we had to, before our, um, like two hours before our show call, we'd go out to the street with traditional clothes, with our paintings, with spears and everything and just walk around and do like a random stunts on the streets to get people's attention wow. and we'd have people to come over and we'd give out our Yuki Mala flyers to them and just tell them about who we are, our background and what we're about and yeah, just and the date and the time and where we're performing and it's, that first week was pretty rough but then the second week we started having, because we was in a 500 seat theatre wow. and then it was just, each day it was just building up, the seats were building up and then I think it was end of the third week. Week, we had like about four or five sold out shows, it's and insane. it was just so brilliant. Like, and we also had because we all I um, knew quite. Um other other artists is there and they kinda told their friends in Scotland to come out and watch Yukimala. So that was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sick.
0: I was reading some of some of the reviews from uh the shows and you mm. like they loved you over there. The international mm. audiences love yes, you.
1: Definitely. Like, never man, <laughs> what can I say? Like, it was just so amazing to see that review, amazing review from Edinburgh. And also like I just finished my um 3 months tour from yeah Perth and then travelling to Canada for a week and a half and then Adelaide for a month and Hobart and then coming back here. Yeah. Uh, it's it was it was amazing like cuz we've been selling out shows getting amazing five star reviews by different reviewers like it's just incredible to be finally being recognised um, for what we do and what we are bringing and sharing, like our culture, everything.
0: Would you say, um, like, how, how long have you been doing the touring thing? Like, how long have you guys been, like, smashing it? With- well,
1: just like I said from the beginning, in the beginning, like, I've been with Duke Kemala for six years, but the company's been gone for almost 12 years and a half now. Yeah, so it's been gone quite a long time now. After that famous YouTube clip,
0: "Over <laughs> the Greek," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still remember that. <laughs> yeah. So um,
1: yeah, when I saw that, I was just like, "Oh man!" Like, especially Lionel, my uncle. He's a main choreographer in the dance group, and um, yeah, just watching him, and I pretty much I've got raised up by him because. My mother's her um, I mean he's big sister, yeah. so yeah, watching him going around and traveling dancing kind of like it really truly inspired me to become a dancer, and um yeah, I just had to be up there with the boys and just cracking up there dancing up yeah. <laughs> yeah. <nice>. yeah. <laughs>
0: You said um, just before that part of, like, one of your favourite things about being in the group is sharing your culture. Yes. What What does culture mean to you? Well, like, it's culture. It's
1: been there for, like, generations. So to keep that culture strong it's important. Even nowadays, like, it's the 30th century, right? Something like that,
0: 20th, <laughs> 21st century. Yeah, 21st <laughs> century
1: now. Like, 2019, like... And it's good that we keep, like, we still have this strong culture and our language and everything, and we go back to our roots. Like, yeah, generations, hundreds, thousands of years ago, like all this word, song lines, story, dance, it all connects and it makes us strong and who we are. And that's our identity. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Why do you think it's important to share it with uh, Australia, but also with the rest of Australia, I should say, but also the rest of the world? Like you guys are international. Well, like
1: out of my experience, like especially overseas people, not much people know that Australia has its Indigenous people. Mm -hmm. And um, it's good for us to go out there and tell the world that there was First Nation people here in this yeah continent and it's good that we are doing that by
0: i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users
1: don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. What we like what we love, and that's dancing. We showing like, like our story by dancing. Yeah. And because throughout the whole show there's like a projector and there's people talking halfway through the show. And um yeah, just my grandmother talking about where we are, where we've come from and, yeah, just bringing our culture to the world.
0: It's probably, I feel like a lot of people even in Australia are quite sheltered.
1: Mm. Like, I had, um, I got, I had like a couple of, when I was in Sydney I had um few white uh, friends and, um, they they was growing up in a school where they wasn't being taught um, about Aboriginal people in Australia, of Australia, and like, we need that, we need to be, like, you know... Sorry, I don't even know what the word I forgot. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, like, uh, like we need to be teaching yeah, the yeah, hist- Indigenous yes, history, yes, I think, and languages too, mm. right? Do you think that there's been a shift? Have you noticed, like, schools being more open about it or...?
1: So many schools that are opening up now. And, like, there's heaps in Darwin, and for sure, people learning about, like, Aboriginal culture in... In the subjects, yeah school subjects and yeah it's 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 just amazing, you know, yeah it's good to see that happening, yeah mm. yeah
0: cool how do you like you're living like a bit of a rock star lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> how do you keep grounded like how do you just keep it together
1: oh well <laughs> <laughs> well I, I I don't I'm I'm just one of them guys so I don't like being a big nutter. I don't wanna be like, oh I'm travel around the world, I'm this and that, I'm good. No, nah, I don't like doing that. I'm just more of a humble guy. I like being humble cause yeah, my mom raised me up to be a humble man and um I don't know, I just love traveling, like I love being known 'cause and also two years ago I've um I did my first lead role in a feature film and the director of the f- um, the film she, this is our second feature film her first feature film was The Babadook yeah. and um, yeah that went big <laughs> yeah. obviously and um, yeah this second feature film is called The Nightingale so basically it's about like back in, set back in the 1820s in Tassie, how how brutal and mass big massacre it was in tassie like there was a big war going on in that time and it's about an irish convict a woman and like it's a revenge most people would say revenge because um yeah um she's on a request a revenge because one of her master soldiers like did her family wrong and so she seeks out on a revenge and then come come across comes across uh indigenous tracker which it, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just I'm just so glad to be in this film to represent. Like it's just it's it's like a honest honest like movie to be told like what happened back in the days, how our people was treated and not just our people, Irish Irish um convicts were sent too and they was being Slaughtered in Tazi, yep. yeah. So it was like a massive, massive massacre. Mm-hmm.
0: Was that hard?
1: Well, it was. It was. Yeah. When I read the when I read the script, I knew I had to get it. Like I knew because I want to be the one to tell and share the story to the world. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was hard because most of um the uh, brothers and sisters down there. They're still regaining their language, their culture because it's been lost, and so they're just getting their culture back through like small recordings, documents and for me to speak their language on uh, on a big screen for the first time is such a privilege like it's it makes me proud yeah. to represent their language and their culture in the big screen yeah that was a lot of Blood, sweat, and tears in in the shoots. I know I I had to bust out a few times while recording. Yeah, it was just so. Yeah, the way Jennifer Kent, the director, wrote this film is just brutally honest. It's not sugarcoating anything. Like it's just being honest. Mm.
0: Yeah. I read um, that you haven't had any formal acting training. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah,
1: it's just been—it's definitely like I couldn't even believe it myself too. Like a guy, a man from a small island, small community, has haven't been to a uh, film school whatsoever, and then getting the role—it's just mind blowing. In
0: a feature film. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like <clears throat> acting alongside with Sam Claflin which was in the Hunger Games, Game of Thrones, uh me me before you. Yeah, so and also Ashley Franchosi which is a Irish actor and she had been acting in so many um television series in Ireland. And also Harry Greenwood which is um Hugo Eving's son.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: so it was <laughs> good to have him also on board. And yeah, just Many other amazing actors, and yeah, to be because I was so nervous, and to have them with the experience, actually supporting me, and just pretty much lifting me up and showing me how to be you know brave and all that. Because I was so nervous on the first set, first shooting, man. I was just nah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: but they they helped you and they yes, supported definitely.
1: you. Yes, definitely. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expe- yeah especially um, uh, Ashley Prince Josie because yeah we had to, like, know we had to bond each other like bond in the movie and also we had to know because we, before we started shooting, the director wanted me and her to go to Tassie two weeks earlier so she can work on both of us, mm-hmm. and so we can get used to each other. So we're not feeling awkward or, you know, weird in the set. And, yeah, it kind of paid off. Mm. Yeah,
0: nice. Mm -hmm. You, I I saw that you recently, well, I guess last year, was it you went to the, was it the Venice Film Festival? Yes, Venice Film Festival. You walked the red Mm -hmm. carpet. You looked super (laughs) schmick, by the way. I loved that jacket. (laughs) (laughs) And you also, you won... A huge award. I didn't I don't know how to pronounce it. Can you yes, can you um, pronounce the that one? Mas,
1: Marcella Mastriani Award, which is um uh award for a rising young talent, yeah. Rising young talent. And a year before and a year yeah. A year before that, before me getting the award, um Miller Kunis got the award and also Jennifer Lawrence and um yeah, it's just Uh, I can't believe it, and I still can't believe it now. Like, my first feature film, and the film hasn't even came out yet, and I'm already getting an award for it. Like, come on, what's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm also on another award, too. I'm in Sydney. Yeah, Male Artist of the Year award.
0: How does that (laughs) feel? Like, you were, like you said, you grew up in this tiny Mm. little island, and now you're. You know you're winning awards that some of the <laughs> most accomplished actors in the world have. How does that feel for you?
1: Well. Well, I was just it feels like everything that I've been through in my life and what my mom raised me up to be, it, it was worth it like to be the better man in myself and to keep chasing my dreams like I feel proud like really really proud to be this person that what my mum saw in me and um two two awards hopefully more coming in the next couple of years
0: (laughs) oh i like i can already see it like you're you're killing it already (laughs) and the movie hasn't come out (laughs) it must be hard because obviously you're an accomplished dancer and now you're an actor as well do you prefer one over the other? Well,
1: I was just saying the other day, like I was gonna quit Yukimano next year, but then I had second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, oh, might as well just do both. Yeah, yeah, definitely two, but two and do both.
0: <laughs> so you have like you have passion, obviously, for both of yeah acting and yeah. dancing, but
1: obviously you wanna build through my acting career. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are you working on anything at the moment?
1: Not at the moment, but my sister, she wants to work with me and do, because she's an actor too. So, yeah, we're going to try, get our minds together and work on some little short 15-minute films. Yeah, the the director did mention, I, well, I did heard. That my manager, my agent manager told me that we was going to work on some television show just next year, something like that. So, see what happens. Still yeah. waiting around. But obviously, when the movie comes out, I know there's going to be a lot of calls. Yeah. <laughs> when
0: is it coming out?
1: Uh, August 2nd. 2nd of August.
0: Oh, amazing. Hmm. I can't wait to see it. Do you have any advice uh, for any young people that are growing up in community that maybe want to follow in the same mm. footsteps as you?
1: Well, like, whether you want to be an AFL star or be in the Olympics or actor, musician, you can just keep chasing your dream, don't stop. When we first started Yuki Mano show, it was mainly the message was about youth suicide and it's never too late and it's never the wrong time to make the right right choice. There's always people, family, friends that are there that love you and that would listen. And other than that, keep chasing your dreams and your goals.
0: Yeah. Well said. <laughs> what what are the dreams for you? I ask everyone that comes on, but in the next five to ten years, what do you hope to accomplish?
1: Uh-huh. that's like I don't really know to be honest. I'm just, I'm pretty much the guy that loves to just go where the wind takes me and just see what life gives. So, but hope that good things come my way and even everyone's way.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic way to look at life. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. I am absolutely honoured to have you here in the studio. (laughs) I I didn't think it would happen because I know that you have a hectic schedule, so I Mm. really appreciate you coming in. And, yeah, good luck with everything. (laughs) I cannot wait to see the movie.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You just heard the 14th episode of Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. I tell you what, every week I feel more and more inspired. We have so many incredible characters from this region. It is ridiculous. Now, if you're one of them, please get in touch. All my contact details are in the show notes. Now, as usual, I want to do a huge shout out to GovFN. Without this community radio station, this podcast would not be possible. And of course, I want to thank you guys for hanging out. I'm Monica O'Hanlon. That was Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. I'll see you next week.